Hey everyone, and welcome to Scrambling with Dylan Otto, a podcast where the listeners can hear, learn, and laugh about my life in the golf world and other numerous topics with guests on the show. Tune in every week for insight and enjoy the show. Hello everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Scrambling with Dylan Otto featuring LPGA Tour player Gina Kim. Gina, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. You know, it's been a pretty exciting kind of, you know, last month or two for you. Um, you know, you were playing at Duke for a while, you know, your college career there, and now you just freshly um, turned pro status on the LPGA tour. You got your card kind of just how have things been lately? I'm sure it's been kind of a whirlwind for you. Um, I'd say it's been pretty busy, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of making that transition uh, mm-hmm. from college golf over to tour life. Um, it's definitely not easy, but I, I've been enjoying the process. Um, I, I think it's it's been pretty exciting, pretty adventurous. But uh, yeah, like I, I definitely do feel like I, I need to learn more. Um, you know, still at the beginning of the learning curve. So, yeah. but I'm just taking it in, you know, one step at a time and just enjoying myself. Absolutely. That's amazing to hear. Well, we'll get into the first question here. Where are you from and how did you get into the game of golf? I'm from Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Uh-huh. Um, I currently live in Durham, uh, okay. 10 minutes away from Duke. And my dad is the one who introduced me to golf just simply because my grandpa taught him, loved it, and decided to take his two daughters with him. So <laughs> nice. I started with my sister. Yeah. And she didn't like it. I honestly didn't like it first either, but I didn't want to break, you know, pop's heart. So oh, it's just so just nice. <laughs> yeah. Just sprinkle in a little white lie to make sure he, his, he wasn't too heartbroken. And next thing you know, the rest was history. There you go. I mean, yeah, it seems to be working out pretty well for you. Um, you know, that's pretty funny that, you know, you weren't too big of a fan of it at the beginning, but I mean, like you said, you know, kind of look at you now. Um, it seems like it was a pretty good decision to continue with it. That's for sure. Um, but, uh, just kind of talk about your junior days a little bit, maybe your high school days, kind of where'd you go to high school and kind of what junior tournaments were you playing outside of high school? So I went to Chapel Hill high school. Mm -hmm. Um, that was, that was one of the main schools that most people in Chapel Hill would go to. It's one of the, it's actually the first one in that Mm -hmm. town. So kind of went to the OG high school. Um, played on the team there mm-hmm. the high school team for three years just didn't play the last year because I was preparing for college mm-hmm. um, but I played some local tournaments at the very beginning like right before I went into high school okay and then I started transitioning into AJGA tournaments it was actually spring semester of my freshman year where I won my first AJGA Open and uh-huh. obviously after you win a tournament like that you get invited to the Invitationals so mm-hmm. I went out to all the Invitationals and ever since then I've I was gaining more experience and I just pretty much stayed within the AJGA Invitational circuit and then played my way onto Junior Ryder Cup and Junior Solheim Cup. And so that's kind of how I progressed um, along with my high school career. Um, And that's how Coach Brooks from Duke managed to notice me and uh, asked if I wanted to join his program. So, yeah. Yeah, managed to to kind of find you. I mean, it seems, you know, you had an amazing junior career. Like you said, 
I mean, you've won on the AJGA level. You were, you know, you qualified for some amazing teams like, you know, the Junior Ryder Cup, the Junior Solheim Cup. And not only that, but I mean, you also qualified for an LPGA Tour event um, at the LPGA Volunteers of America Texas Shootout. Um, you know, those are kind of the three tournaments I, I really want to hear about a little bit. Um, I mean, I, I'd love to hear first about how the LPGA Tour event was. Um, you know, you qualified, you know, going into that tournament. Um, you know, as a young gal, I'm sure that's kind of, you know, one of the dream things to do is play with the you know best ladies in the world. Um, just kind of talk about that week and, you know, what, what were some things that you just learned about playing with the best ladies in the world? Yeah, uh, I was seven. I think I was 17 at the time or I uh-huh. actually 16 right before my birthday. Gotcha. But, um, it was a little daunting at first, uh, just simply because it was always a dream of mine. And now suddenly I got thrown into the mix with, with all these um, amazing, talented people. Yeah. Um, but I had a good experience. Um, I didn't quite play as well as I wanted to, just simply because I was um, a little nervous. Of course, uh, absolutely. A, yeah, yeah. Being a 16-year-old uh, <laughs> junior golfer trying to play with these seasoned veterans, um, you know, <laughs> I I wasn't really expecting to do much there. Just, just trying to enjoy the process. Yeah, yeah and so. Um, but I, I had a great time. Um, unfortunately, missed the cut, but mm-hmm. it, it was a good first insight on what tour life seemed like. Um, mm-hmm. So I got to get a lot of good advice from different uh, pros mm-hmm. and all. And actually, I met Ann Chen there the first time. Yep, absolutely. She qualified too. Uh huh. Yep, so I was just going to bring I, that up. Yeah. Yeah. So um, she wasn't committed to Duke at that point. So, uh-huh. so um, you know, I I was actually I was like, hey, if you'd like to make a visit, you know, you can. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, I I wasn't I didn't expect um you know for anything to really happen. But then next thing you know, she became my teammate, and I yeah. was like, wow, look at how far back I can look. Uh between us (laughs) yeah you know it's kind of funny like you i mean i mean it's kind of interesting that i mean she hadn't even committed to duke yet and yet here here she is here you are and i mean lo and behold you guys become teammates um you know that's pretty cool i mean that's got to be it's got to really show kind of the talent that um you know the the kind of talent that duke has on their on their you know on their team and um also i mean it's just i mean that's a week i'm sure you'll never forget like you said being 16 year old i couldn't imagine you know, the pressure it was like, you know, on that first tee, I'm sure the nerves had been going a little bit. Um, but I mean, that's just a very special week to kind of get some insight, like you said, and, um, you know, potentially, you know, whenever you were, you know, a young gal, you were probably, you know, wanting to be on the LPGA tour someday and look at you now. So it's just kind of interesting to see it all come full circle. Um, but yeah, I think that's just, that's so funny though. Whenever I was, you know, doing my research and I'm like, Oh, and Chin played that same tournament too. Like, that's so funny. So that's pretty cool. Um, so the next tournament that I was just really curious about, you know, were the two um, kind of more team ones were the Junior Ryder Cup and the Junior Solheim Cup. Um, you know, what were those years like, you know, being selected for those teams, playing against the best junior golfers in the world? I mean, how would you compare the Junior Ryder Cup to the Junior Solheim Cup? Yeah, I mean, um, I got into Junior Ryder Cup first because that was in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't 
well, it was obviously my goal to make it on that team. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, because people always try to, you know, do the best. It's one of the most prestigious events for a junior golfer. Absolutely. Uh, I wasn't doing so hot at the beginning of the year. And, you know, I was like, I don't even know if we're going to make the team. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah. It was getting to the point where I was like, about to give up almost because it's like I don't think my chances are looking too great right now oh okay um, so I was yeah. like you know maybe I shouldn't really expect too much and suddenly summer hit and I'm out of school and uh, I went to a PGA junior series mm-hmm. so one of those local tournaments that PGA of America sets up yeah I wasn't I actually had to go to that because I wasn't qualified into the junior PGA. Oh, gotcha. Um, so honestly, that's how bad, yeah, that's how bad uh, my situation was at that time. And I had to go out to middle of nowhere, Kentucky uh-huh. to go play in this event because I was more concerned about like, you know, forget about junior Ryder cup. Like it looks like I'm not even going to make it into this tournament in the actual like freaking country. Like gotcha. I need to make it to this tournament first. Uh-huh. So I played that tournament and, you know, barely won. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, okay, great. And <laughs> it's crazy, but like, it was sm- even though it was more of a small local tournament, yeah, I got a lot of confidence from that because it's been a while since I've won anything. Mm-hmm. And then the week after that was the AJGA Rolex Junior Girls. Gotcha. And so I ended up ended up winning that all <laughs> right like, oh crap like i'm actually on a roll here i'm, I'm steamrolling <laughs> into this thing yeah next thing you know rolex champions comes around and um i got tied for third almost mm-hmm. won it again all right so just this accumulation winning and understanding what it's like to be in those situations where trophies on the line mm-hmm. i started thinking to myself well you know what like, I think I actually have a good shot at this now. Um, and for that, the criteria to make it into the team, mm-hmm. at least for that specific year, was they have this points ranking. And because I played in that local junior event by PGA of America, it, those points of winning actually do get added into the ranking system. So because I won that, then I won the AJJ Rolex Junior Girls. Then I got third at this Invitational. Yeah. These points started accumulating so much. And then I get to Junior PGA Championship. Uh-huh. Um, literally, first, uh, the final round, um, the PGA of America, like, past president, and he was actually the c- captain for that team that year, comes gotcha. up on, onto the tee and says, hi, you know, my name, you know, blah, 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 like, so nice mm-hmm. to meet you. I'm the captain of the Junior Rider Cup team. I wanted to introduce myself. Now, I don't know about you, but I was like, <laughs> okay, well, if the captain's coming up to intro- like introduce himself and he's saying hi, then I'm going to assume I have a pretty good shot of making this team. Absolutely. And lo and behold, yeah, lo and behold, I didn't win the event, unfortunately, the Junior PGA, but I got fourth and it was good enough. And uh, they actually took me in back room because it was confidential at that time and they Mm -hmm. said you made it onto the team congratulations we need you to fill out some forms and don't tell anyone until it's released on golf channel (laughs) all right (laughs) but it was such a good experience i mean they spoiled 
was rotten. Mm-hmm. And we got to have some great matches against the European team. I mean, the girl I played with two out of the three matches was Pauline Roussant Bouchard, and mm-hmm. she's one heck of a player, some amazing international talent, um, you know, at a wonderful venue. And we even got to have a friendship match at Hazeltine that year. And so Jordan Spieth came out to watch us. Um, you, you just meet so many great people. And that's probably one of the most impressionable tournaments uh, I ever got to play. And so I was actually really grateful that, you know, I could make it. And who knew it would have started out with a tournament in Kentucky. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you just kind of went on a run there. And then it all kind of, you know, it all really worked out. And then, like you said, I mean, lo and behold, the coaches, you know, the captains coming over and talking to you, it's like, Okay, that's a sign there. That's got to be a sign for sure. This has to be, this has to mean something. Like, I'm not stupid. I know this got to mean something. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I mean, yeah, that's, that's an amazing week. And I mean, like you said, I'm sure, you know, they spoiled, you know, they spoiled all you guys. It's, I mean, you guys deserve it though. I mean, that's, that's a huge accomplishment to, you know, get selected for that team, um, go out there and compete. And I mean, not only that, but then to also be in the junior Solheim cup too. I mean, that's, I mean, that's pretty impressive as well. The year after that. Um, I mean, it's it just both those weeks got to be super special and any junior golfer would love to, you know, qualify for junior Ryder cup. And then especially, I mean, for the ladies, the junior, you know, for the junior Solheim cup, I and mean, that's very impressive as well. Um, just kind of talk about the Solheim cup a little bit, just playing in that. Um, and how would you compare the, you know, the week playing at the Solheim cup to the junior Ryder cup? Yeah, that one, that one was definitely a special one. And just simply because all girls, mm-hmm. uh, team competition, and yeah. we got to hang out with each other bond and, um, have some great matches with some, you know, amazing girls from over from Europe. And I found that week extremely special, uh, mm-hmm. just simply because of the people that I got to make some lasting memories with. Um, you know, a lot of these girls are talented and a lot of them, you know, are talented enough to pursue that pro career. So, um, I mean, one of my partners was Yolini No. Uh, mm-hmm. We played together. Yeah. Um, and then Jennifer King is out there on tour. Um, you know, there, there's some amazing people and there's some great golfers like Amelia who decided to choose to stay amateur. Um, you know, there's, it's just crazy to see how much time has passed and kind of the career path that everybody chosen for themselves. But yeah, I mean, it was just great competition. And what was even cooler was we got to play on the same course as where the Solheim cup was happening. Yeah. So for junior Ryder cup, we played at Interlochen, which is a very great venue itself. Mm-hmm. Um, while the pros played at Hazeltine, but for Solheim cup and junior Solheim cup, we played on the same course. Yeah. So being able to watch those pros, you know, play the same course as us and kind of seeing how do they play this thing? Like, right. I, I want to see what, where, where they're hitting it um, right? and cheering, cheering them on and having pride for your country. Like, I just thought that whole environment was just amazing, uh, life-changing, honestly, and being able to do it with your friends is even better. So 10 out of 10. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of nice to get that. I mean, obviously, you know, you went on to play college golf, but before that you're able to kind of get a taste of that team aspect a little bit. Um, Cause I mean, golf is such an individual sport yet to compete with a team and let alone for, you know, for your home country. I mean, that's, 
And that's pretty awesome to do as well. And, um, you know, like you said, you, you know, it's the same turn or same course as the Solheim cup was being played on. And like you said, I mean, you want to see how they're playing the course too, and kind of just, let me just absorb everything that you can, you know, to become a better player. Cause I mean, playing on those teams are going to make you a better player. And then, you know, seeing and learning from the pros kind of like you were able to at such young ages, you know, it's really been able to kind of, I'm sure help you develop as a player as well. Um, I mean, this, those are huge accomplishments. I think, you know, you've done so much in your junior career. And I just thought, you know, those three tournaments are ones that I'm sure you'll never forget. And you probably still talk to a lot of those ladies and, um, you know, guys and ladies nowadays too. So, I mean, you had such a great junior career and I mean, I'm, obviously you were getting, you know, you're probably getting looked at by a lot of schools and stuff. I mean, kind of talk about when you started the recruiting process. Um, you know, when, when were you starting to contact schools and, you know, what schools were you kind of talking to that you were really interested in? Um, I, okay. So I started looking probably freshman year. Yeah. Freshman year. It has to be freshman year. Uh-huh. Um, Cause this was before they implemented the new NCAA rules. So right. I'm seeing people get, I'm seeing people getting committed to these schools, like eighth grade, ninth grade. And <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting over here. I'm like, I'm missing the beat. Clearly I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm like, not, I clearly, I didn't get the memo. I, <laughs> I must be late. So I'm busy rushing around these schools that I want, I'm interested in listen like I kind of need to like you know make a visit do whatever get the whole process done like let me let me look around and you know we'll we'll get through it quickly so I looked at Wake Forest Duke obviously um UNC Mm -hmm. uh, and then two schools in California Southern Cal and UCLA because if I were to go out of state I would want to go somewhere where I can train well yeah with good um so those are the five schools I looked at um Unfortunately, I rejected the first two schools um, in California just simply because I'm such I'm a family oriented person and yeah. I didn't want to leave mm-hmm. uh, too far away. Yeah. Um, so I was now looking at the three schools in North Carolina and it ultimately came down to those three and it was a really hard decision, but um. I decided to go with Duke uh, just simply because it felt like home. Uh, I guess you just get that kind of instinct when you walk around campus and, you know, the coaches are showing you every facility they got. And I don't know, I could, I could envision myself there. I could see myself being happy as a student athlete there Uh and thriving. So yeah, I was like, okay, I, I feel good about this. And I, committed to Duke in mm-hmm. October of my sophomore year. Yeah. So right when I basically really started my sophomore year and yeah, I never looked back ever since then. I'm, I'm, I was happy as ever and I'm still happy now. And, you know, I'm going to graduate this May with my bachelor's degree. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of crazy to see how much time flies by when, when you're having fun. Absolutely. Well, and it's, I mean, to have, you know, all those schools looking at you, I mean, those are big programs that you're talking about. And I mean, to commit to Duke, I mean, that's a huge, huge thing in itself. Um, I mean, they've always produced really, really good players out of Duke. And, um, you know, that's, that's just been amazing. And it seems that, 
you know, everything's been working out pretty well there. Um, you know, how have your years at Duke been? I mean, I know, you know, you're turn, you turned pro now, but yet you're still, you know, you like to say you're going to be graduating with your bachelor's here pretty soon. Um, just kind of talk about what was it like going into the university there your freshman year? I mean, was there kind of a transition period you had to kind of deal with at all? Or, I mean, kind of what was it like being a freshman at, you know, the big powerhouse Duke University? Yeah, I would say, obviously, you know, in my head, I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, if I go in there with like these huge expectations and I'm thinking to myself, I got to win, I got to do this, I got to do that. So honestly, pressure and, you know, having to feel like I need to make, you know, make something happen. And obviously it didn't go out great. Um, I didn't start off on the right foot and my golf was struggling. Um, but I, I think that was all part of the learning curve, uh, like I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. And thinking like, oh, like I'm going to win a national title a few months later. Like at that time, it would have been very hard for me to believe. But I do feel like when you start to trust the process a little more and you start to trust um, that you really do belong there and that your teammates think the same way, um, great things happen. And uh, freshman year was I think was the peak just simply because of what happened um, with the national title and all. Um, yeah. But the sophomore obviously got cut short because of COVID. Yeah, unfortunately. Only kind of had like half a year. Yeah, unfortunately. But senior year was, uh, well, June, last junior spring uh-huh. was great as well. Um, even though it was like a completely new roster with different people, uh-huh. um, I still enjoyed myself and being able to be in contention for that ACT, ACC title uh-huh. was also amazing as well. Um, it felt like 2019 when my team won the national title. So, um, and, and it's crazy how it's like with completely different new people on the team. Yeah. Uh, and I had just as much fun with and it's just great to see my team doing well. So I, I had a, I've had a great few years at Duke. Um, obviously, a lot of happy moments, a lot of frustrating moments, but it, it was good overall. I, you know, I don't regret my decision one bit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, and like you said, I mean, there's been, you know, you've done a lot in your time at Duke University. I mean, you've had so, so many, you know, accolades. You know, honorable mention, uh, all American. I mean, like you said, your freshman year, you were a part of you know the NC um, NCA championship. You know, nat- I mean, that's a huge, huge accomplishment. Your freshman year, it's great experience too because I mean, you kind of knew what it was like, what it takes to win a national championship, and um, you know, you kind of were able to have that experience at a young, young age in your college career. And as you went through years at Duke, it's just kept piling up of all and everything that you've done there. It's just amazing stuff. Um, I mean, not only that, but outside of school, I mean, you were, com- you know, you were qualifying for, uh, you know, really big tournaments. You, you finished low am at the U S women's open in the summer of 2019 um, made the cut at the U S women's in the summer of 2020. And I mean, in your junior year of your college career, you were um, on the Arnold Palmer cup team as well. Um, and you also played in the 2021 Augusta National Women's Amateur. Um, I mean, and it's just crazy, like everything that you've done. And then to finish it off with the Curtis Cup um, in your, you know, towards the end of your college career there, um, just kind of talk about playing for the Curtis Cup. I mean, that's that's probably one of the that's probably the biggest, um, you know, 
amateur tournament that you know that you could qualify for um can I, can I just talk about the curtis cup a little bit and what was it like to get that victory you know be on the victorious team and just you know once again representing your country well i think in general just being able to, to represent your country as an athlete is the highest honor um any individual can have and yeah. Um, that was always a huge goal of mine uh, ever since I was younger as a junior golfer. I mean, um, I didn't realize the magnitude of how like important it was in junior golf, but I get into college and, you know, that's when I'm really starting to realize, oh crap, like this is the big deal. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, you know, the big cake that we're talking about. This, this isn't, we're not playing around here. Absolutely. And, um, I. I wasn't sure uh, how it was going to turn out. I managed to get invited to the practice sessions, mm -hmm. but obviously with those, there's no guarantee if you're going to make it on the team or not. Yeah. Um, it's just simply for fun. And um, I won the North and South women's amateur in Pinehurst mm -hmm. uh, about like a month before mm -hmm. um, the Curtis cup. And one of the things that came to my mind while holding that putter boy trophy was okay i think i actually have a really good chance of making it into the curtis cup yeah i, don't know, I think i noticed like i have a pattern of making it into these teams like last minute <laughs> I, but by I winning tournaments yeah i was like i'm not gonna make it darn it and then next thing it was like oh wait wait a second <laughs> let me put a pause on that i think i actually might and yeah. i i get all from the usga president which originally i thought was a voice fisher at first and i blocked the number oh no <laughs> turns out it was stupid. <laughs> yeah oh, no. i was like um, i was like this guy's like really like determined and he's really trying to sell me insurance out here like i'm <laughs> like, what, what do you want from me That's and funny. he leaves a voicemail and i was like oh sorry i still have that spot on the team by the way is that okay uh, oh you're not um, selling yeah, insurance <laughs> yeah sorry oh you want to give me a spot on the team I, well, i'll take that yeah. yeah of course absolutely absolutely that's hilarious but yeah it's so yeah it's I, interesting i finished stage one in and i go there and mm -hmm. that right there was just the highlight of my amateur career and you know i'll still probably be talking about it like 50 years from now oh yeah grandkids or whatever but be able to say that i represented the usa in the curtis cup like any golfer would turn their head and be like holy cow you're legit yeah you, absolutely you know how to play some golf mm -hmm. and, yeah and i just find it an absolute privilege that they even considered me to be on the team let alone make it on the team so yeah um you know i i was so grateful for the whole opportunity and the experience and so it was just great competition amazing venue and just an even better experience just being able to play with your best friends um, mm -hmm. across the planet <laughs> we're going to take a quick break to get a word in from our sponsors scrambling with Dolanado is sponsored by our friends over at putt view books Putt View Books makes yardage and green books that are used by the best junior, college, amateur, and professional golfers in the world and are designed with the assistance of world-renowned golf coach Phil Canyon and can be made for over 30,000 golf courses. 
The amount of precision that's put into each yardage and green book is impeccable, and Cordy from Golf Science Lab says they're clear, simple, and very useful. If you want a yardage or green book, head over to their website at puttviewbooks.com and check them out on Instagram at puttviewbooks. Absolutely. I mean, that's, I mean, like you said, I mean, if, if somebody, you know, you say, oh, yeah, I, you know, I play in Curse Cup, it's like, you know, like you said, wow, okay, you can seriously play, you know, you can play some golf, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Curtis Cup has got to be, you know, one of the biggest, probably, you know, the biggest thing that you can qualify for. And I mean, not only that, but everything else that you've qualified for, and, you know, the career and legacy that you left at Duke is just, you know, it's just, it's just amazing what you've done in the amateur golf world. And, um, you know, just huge, huge, you know, respect and just congratulations on everything that you've done in the amateur um you know amateur wise it's just really really awesome stuff and then now that you know your college career is you know has came to an end um like you said you're kind of making the switch from college golf to professional golf um you know what what's it like you know whenever you got your lpga tour card and you qualify for lpga tour i mean what was kind of the decision or what all went into that decision and, you know, turning pro and pursuing a career on the LPGA tour? Yeah. Well, um, there, there was a lot of considerations of different factors that went into this decision, but mm-hmm. I guess this is the same thing that I did with my recruiting recruitment decision on what school I'd want to go to is, will I have any regrets with this decision? and I asked myself that um you know before I did anything about my pro career mm-hmm. and the first thing that came to me was no because like you mentioned before I feel like I've experienced everything that an amateur golfer could ever wish for mm-hmm. um you know I felt like I did I got to do a lot of things with the team um as a Duke student athlete and you know, I, I just feel privileged to be able to do all of that stuff. And so, you know, I don't think I left any box um, on my bucket list unchecked. Yeah. So I told myself, you know what, I think you can move on happily. And another thing was, I didn't want to go back to Q school or mm-hmm. Q series in particular. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure I had a good start um, and hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what kind of went in like, okay, I probably should, you know, turn pro at the beginning of January. So I can have at least those extra few months to try to build a cushion, uh, for that situation. Yeah, um, so absolutely. Those were, yeah, those were my, um, biggest factors pretty much. And I've talked to my coach about it. Um, and my teammates and, you know, they were all very supportive of me despite me leaving early. And, you know, that goes on to uh, show how classy they are and how close knit we are. And, uh, you know, I, I can't help but be very grateful to them. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, kind of like you talked about, you kind of checked off all the boxes that, I mean, that you could have done for your amateur career. Um, And, you know, I'm sure, everybody on your team, your coaches and your family, they, you know, they're going to support you no matter what, whether you made, you know, whether you were going to go back to school or like you are doing, you know, turning pro, I mean, they're, they're going to want what's best for you. And I mean, obviously, I mean, every person on your team wants to play on the LPGA tour, I'm sure. And it's like, if you have the chance to do it, I mean, go do it. You know what I mean? 
Um, so that's it. I mean, I, it's been, I'm sure it's been, you know, whirlwind, but it's been worth it. That's for sure. Um, and I just really curious, you know, what, what's kind of, you know, the first, you know, the next step that you're going to be doing in the, for the LPGA tour, you know, your first event kind of, you know, what are some things that you really having to get used to with pro life? And I mean, what are some goals that maybe you have for your rookie year on tour? Um, like I mentioned before, like, I feel like I'm kind of going through the same growing pain like I did college. So result-wise um, hasn't been as solid as I would have liked to see. Um, so I didn't make it through the Monday qualifying for the uh, Florida events. Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of have like this month right now where I'm at home and I'm just going to be training and mm-hmm. getting ready for, uh, you know, the future tournaments. But my ranking at the moment is not good enough where I can say, you know, I'm definitely going to get into this tournament and that tournament. So yeah, right now I'm busy trying to improve my priority ranking uh, before the reshuffle in May. So I can try to make it to the European swing and mm-hmm. other stuff like that. So um, I think I might play some Epson tour events, um, the futures tour. I'm going to play some events there. Yeah. Um, just kind of, you know, hope for a solid rookie season, but most importantly, you know, go through the learning curve and understand what works best for me. Uh, I think that's the most important thing, but I think traveling alone on the road, is just, it's weird. Um, I'm just so conditioned and used to seeing my teammates with me on the plane or in a van that I'm like, this doesn't seem right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I was like, I kind of feel like a loner a bit. And uh, <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm trying to get used to that and just enjoying, you know, what adventure comes at me. Um, just me, myself, and I. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what professional golf is about. And that's kind of, you know, that's a huge learning curve. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people that, you know, they get, you know, it's really nice to travel with the team and kind of be around everybody for, you know, for so long. And then now it's like, okay, I do everything on my own now. Okay, this is a little different. Um, You know, it's it's definitely a huge change. That's for sure. but I'm sure there's going to be, you know, you're going to adapt to it pretty well. And just the kind of player you are and everything, I'm sure it's going to, you know, it's going to work out and then everything's going to work out. And, um, you know, you're going to be tearing it up with the best ladies in the world and you're going to be one of the best ladies in the world, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, it's just really exciting to see how, you know, things are going to get going for you in these next few years. And I'm just really excited to see how you how you progress on tour and stuff. It'd be really fun. Yeah, thank you. I'm obviously really excited all of this, um, it may be coming at me a little too quickly at a time, but uh-huh. I'm learning new things and I'm enjoying it. And I'm, you know, example, I just recently opened up my first credit card at the age of 21. Uh, yeah. I know how that worked. Uh, had no before. Um, yeah. So I'm just learning how to be an independent adult and just, you know, working my way through. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all big stuff there. Yeah, I didn't realize how dangerously tempting it is to use a credit card. But here we are looking at my credit card statement. Oh my goodness! But, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm. But I am enjoying it. Being able to earn money for the sport I love and I that I've loved my whole life as well. Um, I just find that pretty cool. And you know, as of right now, we're obviously still playing in the U.S. But, mm-hmm. but if I were to have a chance to make it into some of the international tournaments, like I don't know, I I think I'd be very happy obviously sleep deprived, but happy in general and just (laughs) 
enjoying the dream I've always had ever since I was eight. Yeah. I just find that crazy. Yeah. And here you are. I mean, it's like you said, I mean, it's going to be a super exciting, you know, there might be a lot thrown at you right now, but I mean, you're, you'll figure it out. I mean, you're going to, you're going to adapt to kind of how everything works. And I mean, like I said, you know, the player that you are, you know, I have no doubt that, you know, you're going to get to where you want to be playing on tour and, uh, you know, being there week in, week out and, you know, eventually just winning some, you know, winning, winning tournaments on tour and, uh, you know, it's just really exciting stuff. And it's really cool to, you know, have somebody that, you know, that's their dream at the, at the age of eight years old. And to now, you know, be there, you're right, you know, right on the cusp of it, just getting it underway. You know, it's just, it's just really exciting. I'm super excited for you and really excited to see, you know, watch you on TV and stuff, watch you play golf on TV. And, um, you know, it's just be really cool, be really cool stuff biggest tournament that any America could qualify for being on the Curtis cup. Um, but I mean, there's probably been some moments where you've been really nervous on the golf course. Um, how do you keep yourself focused during those moments when you get nervous? I mean, is there something that maybe you do, um, to kind of calm yourself down or, I mean, is there a situation or kind of, you know, tournament you were playing in where you felt the most nervous? I've obviously I've been nervous many times. Um, Rolex yeah. junior girls is a good example. Uh-huh. Um, that was kind of like a big deal for me because that was the first time I've ever been in contention for like an AJJ invitational like that. And obviously I've had my fair share of experiences where I was really nervous because I knew I was in contention. Um, But I've kind of gone through all sorts of different little tricks and coping mechanisms out on the course. Like when I was out um, at the US Open um, in Charleston Mm -hmm. and I was kind of playing in the last few groups um, as a 19 year old, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of wild. Yeah, absolutely. I was just busy trying to like figure out like, what can I do to make sure I don't freak out and just drop into a hot mess. And (laughs) I remember watching a tiger chewing gum at the masters. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. We're chewing gum. I'm going to be popping bubbles with my gum. There you go. (laughs) My mom would give me, my mom would give me a piece of gum uh, before I teed off every day. And uh, I, I worked with that a bit. Um, you know, I'm busy silently praying along the golf course uh, just because I'm religious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've literally been through everything. But I think just taking comfort in the fact that I know that everybody else is nervous. Like, I'm not unusual for being that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I take a lot of comfort in that, knowing that I'm not suffering alone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah. So I just, you know, I try to embrace it as best as I can, because I was like, okay, obviously you care about it enough and you know, it means something to you. Like if you, if you weren't nervous, I'd kind of be worried about um, if you still had a pulse or <laughs> if you still wanted to keep playing golf. So uh-huh. yeah, I try to take it as a good thing. And I think that's helped me a lot. Absolutely. You know, that's kind of, you know, the first person that says, uh, you know, chewing gum and stuff. And, you know, obviously a lot of other people are going to be nervous as well. And you just kind of realizing that, hey, like, this is just kind of all part of it here and just kind of seeing how you deal with it. Um, But like you said, there's 
probably been tons of times when you've been, you know, nervous and now you've, you know, maybe gotten a little more acclimated to, you know, whenever the nerves kick up and stuff, you're kind of like, okay, been here, done that. Um, you know, let's go out and let's perform here. Um, I, that's, that's really interesting stuff though, to kind of hear about, um, you know, just kind of throughout your, you know, throughout your years of, you know, playing amazing tournaments and stuff like that. And to kind of hear how you deal with your nerves, because everybody kind of deals with them a little differently. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I just think that's the beauty of it, that everybody reacts differently to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously you were a junior golfer. Um, you know, there's a lot of girls that, you know, probably, you know, they look up to you and they, they just see everything that you've done just kind of in amateur golf and what you're going to do for, you know, on the, on the, you know, on tour and stuff. Um, you know, do you have any advice for maybe junior golfers out there that are looking to maybe better their game or kind of better their chances at, you know, getting recruited by, you know, you know, universities like Duke. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely think like having a purpose while you're practicing, um, just don't be out there mindlessly whacking golf balls. Cause you're just going to be wasting your own energy, time and money. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, like be intentional about what you want to accomplish that day. And I feel like a lot of people have this misconception that you need to do something crazy to be able to have these kinds of opportunities when in reality it's all about the little daily things that you do for yourself um i mean i i would try to find like better you know putting drills for myself like what what do i need to work with or what do i what i need to work on with my putting and what drills are going to help me with that um you know i'm not busy thinking about i got to dunk it out for eagle you know right. i i need to do something crazy and I, I think people think that way, like you need to do something to impress people. And I'm mm -hmm. like, it usually just happens by itself if you're practicing the right things and training your mind as well to do the right things. Right. It all happens through, you know, progressing through different levels of tour, like golf tours. Like I started with the Peggy Kirk Bell Junior Girls Golf Tour here locally, like on, on the Eastern side of the country. Mm -hmm. Then I worked up to... AJGA and AJGA opens and then next thing you know the invitationals and you know it, it I feel like it's simulation of training and experience that really helps you get noticed by these uh, division one programs so you know you can't be perfect all the time and I feel like people think that you know you have to be perfect and you have to play amazing all the time to you know be able to given a full ride scholarship well you know i beg to differ because yeah absolutely uh, I've, I've i don't know how many times i three put it in front of coach brooks um, <laughs> I, i've hacked it around before and yet i mean obviously you kind of have to do sh you have to shoot good scores you know to show potential to the coaches like yeah i can shoot in the 60s but you know i'm not going to be perfect every single time and absolutely you know, coaches understand that they're probably the best people to understand that any anyways more so than your parents actually um they know that everybody has their off days but it's a matter of how you react to those off days and bounce back i think that's the most important part so just having the right mindset i think having yeah. the right mindset having the right perspective yeah i think i think a lot of people can get kind of caught up in the i gotta play perfect i gotta do this i have to do something spectacular when i mean really you don't i mean kind of like you said i mean 
you you know you showed that you could shoot in the 60s but yet like you said you're not going to be shooting in the 60s every time and how you deal with those rounds and those moments and i mean it's i mean it can be tough it's it's easier said than done in the game of golf but it's really something that i feel that junior golfers you know can focus on as well i think that's i'm really glad that you brought that up because i felt that way when i was younger oh i had to play perfect golf if i want to play anywhere and it's like you don't I, I, and that's kind of what motivated me with my practice. Like I can't afford to play bad in front of these coaches. So I practiced really hard. Now, obviously my game did progress because, you know, hard work does um, pay off. I do. I am a firm believer in that, but um, it was coming from the wrong reasons and it wasn't sustainable. And it's just mentally taxing. Like, you know, I trust this game because I love it and I want to have fun, not because I want to be perfect. Yeah. Um, so I, that's what kind of was the hard part when I first went in as a freshman because I was too busy trying to play perfect again. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had to go through the whole process of trying to embrace the mistakes and embrace the growing pains and the learning curve. Um and, and my coaches were really influ- uh, instrumental in helping me with that. And honestly, I think I'm going through it again as a pro. Um, I think I'm busy trying to play perfect right now. And I need to just have fun again. Just need to enjoy myself again. Absolutely. I mean, because, I mean, obviously, you know, you, you want to continue to practice and keep your game sharp. But, I mean, you, you just can never forget the, you know, the abilities that you have. Because, I mean, look at all, everything that you've done this far. Um, you know, just like you said, kind of find that new kind of passion maybe a little bit and just, you know, really enjoy the game of golf again. Um, because, I mean, obviously you want to, you know, you want to get, you know, as good as you possibly can and, you know, be on the tour week in, week out. But I mean, it's a process and, you know, you're going to do everything that you possibly can to, you know, to get the best chance that you can. So, um, you know, I'm sure you're going to work towards that and um, just don't never forget the kind of player you are. Just never forget the kind of, you know, accomplishments you have and you know the abilities that you have because you're, you're a great player. Why, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just sometimes get these like random epiphanies just on the middle of my putting practice. I'm just sitting there like, dang, like I'm getting all upset over a game with a stick and a ball on a field of grass. Like, come on, Gina. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. I mean, you can just come back tomorrow and figure it out. Like, come on. I right. was like, are you fine? Yeah. Like said, you should just be grateful and happy that like, wow, I do get to play a game with a mm-hmm. stick and a ball. Yeah, I do get to call this my career, my dream and everything in between. So, yeah, Yeah. I'm trying to, you know, go. I luckily because I already went through this whole whole transition period in college. Like, I think it'll be much quicker this time. So, yeah, I I I have confidence in my game and I'm sure everything will work out. So it's just a matter of kind of going through the routine works, going through going through it again. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I am just super excited once again to see how, you know, how you go and um, just really excited to see, you know, just you get underway and everything like that. Um, But also, um, you know, there's, you kind of been there, done that with the whole college golf thing. And, you know, there's a lot that really goes into playing college golf, Um, you know, with the schedule, balancing studies, you know, staying sharp with your golf game. Um, You know, is there, 
maybe some things that you feel people don't really see or know that, you know, the kind of efforts or, you know, time that college golfers are putting into kind of just being, being able to play college golf. I, I feel like, I mean, I was very guilty of this too. So don't get me wrong. Um, I think a lot of junior golfers um, who are obviously intending to go to college with a golf scholarship, uh, they're obviously going to be really competitive and really intense and, you know, wanting to do well in golf. But I think the number one thing I learned in college very quickly was that not everything revolves around golf. Um, If anything, there's a lot more stuff that you need to deal with uh, before you get onto the golf course. And if you don't deal with the other stuff, well, you're probably going to be overwhelmed and not have the right mindset to play good golf. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, I mean, it can literally be something as small as like, shoot, like I forgot to get lunch today. I was busy procrastinating and you know next thing you know I had to go do my laundry and the next thing you know I got a parking ticket and the next thing you know I'm at the golf course all upset thinking I'm having a terrible day because uh-huh. <laughs> I couldn't balance my life together yeah and um you know <clears throat> it did happen <laughs> it did happen and it was actually a really sucky day but like things like that can happen. And mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you also need to make friends outside of golf too. I mean, mm-hmm. your golf team's obviously going to be your family, but being able to make friends outside uh, in another sports team or in the classroom and just enjoying college life as just a regular student. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like those are the best four years of your life. So you might as well enjoy it while you're there, right? Absolutely. So, I don't know. I, I just, I, I learned how to have fun um, as I became an upperclassman. I, I truly enjoyed my time at Duke and learned how to embrace um, being a college student, which sounds crazy for others because they're like, that's a normal thing. Like what's so crazy about it? But in reality, I feel like a lot of junior golfers, including me back then, we were so intense with golf and stuff that we, just suddenly forgot how to enjoy some normal things in life. Absolutely. I, don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm myself, but maybe, maybe other people might feel like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, there, there's a whole lot that definitely goes into it. I feel, I know I've had guests on the show and they say, oh yeah, you know, everybody just thinks, okay, you go to class, you play golf, go to class, play golf. It's like, no, there's a little bit more to it. And, um, you know, I think that's, you know, it's really great to hear some insight from, you know, obviously at, you know, a college golfer, but let alone, you know, the, you know, everything that comes along with being a student at Duke University. I mean, I'm sure it's, you know, it's a, it's a very prestigious university and there's, I mean, it's the, the academics there are no joke. That's, let's just say that that's for sure. <laughs> obviously you had, you know, the most nervous moments in your life. And we kind of talked about some, you know, really, really important, you know, tournaments that you've qualified and played in. Um, but is there maybe the most memorable moment that you can, re- you know, remember being on the golf course or, you know, some during a tournament where you're just like, you know, I, I'll, I will never forget this moment in my life. I would say, well, there was a, there was a couple of instances. Um, yeah. I, 2016 Junior Ryder Cup, when we were uh, at Hazeltine playing the friendship match, mm-hmm. obviously first, like we're what, freaking 15 or 16, there was already 25,000 spectators that day. 
And obviously there's going to be a lot of little kids running around and they wanted our autographs. And I'm like, dude, this autograph means nothing. Like it's <laughs> worth nothing. I mean, I'll try my best to make it worth something someday, but like right now I am broke. This thing means nothing. But to them, like to these little kids, it's like they were seeing Superman or something. Like they were, they, they saw us as their idols, as someone to look up to and hopefully be able to be in our shoes one day. Yeah. And I looked at my partners and I said, this is the reason why I want to go pro because I want to be able to make a big enough change and inspire the next generation to come into the game and hopefully love it as much as I do and hopefully get to experience everything that I've got to experience. Cause I do really feel privileged to be able to do all of this stuff, but that right there was one instance. And then um 2019 the NCAA we were in the fi- uh, semifinals mm-hmm. I knew my match meant something because no one bothered me the whole day and suddenly everybody was packing around my match like my coaches usually just leave me alone like, <laughs> I don't see him for the whole day uh-huh. I was like I'll see you at the clubhouse afterwards because they're busy dealing with the players and yeah suddenly both of them show up Now, sometimes one shows up just to see how I'm doing, but if both of them goes up, that means something is going on. Like something big (laughs) is happening Yeah, and it has to do something with me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so um, I hit ridiculous bunker shot. I mean, I don't even know how I did it. Um, Honestly, I kind of pulled it a little bit. Uh, I was actually aiming middle (laughs) of the green and I pulled it a little bit. I was going straight at the flag. I'm like, that's the go. That, yeah. that needs some juice on that thing. I, that needs to go or else we are screwed. Uh-huh. But somehow it landed per- perfectly and just trickled up to the hole. That was probably the best fairy bunker shot of my life. Um, if somebody <laughs> told me to go drop another ball in that bunker and do it again, I don't think I could do it as well as that. You're like, that no, was thank just, you. <laughs> that was almost like, yeah, there was just... I, I don't know. I was like, holy cow. Like, I don't know who hit that shot, but I don't know if it was me or maybe it was, I don't know, but it was just, and, and that shot was basically the one that helped my team get into the finals. But I would say that instance too. So I I've had a lot of great memories um, and, a, and a lot of good times with, with friends. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's hard to pinpoint which ones, but um, you know, like you said, whenever you were younger and you know, people are asking for your autographs, it's kind of like, you know, a surreal moment where, you, you know, you're only, you know, like you said, 15, 16 years old, but it just motivates you even more to be like, this is what I want to do for a living. You know, you want to inspire the next generation of, you know, of golfers. And, um, you know, that's, that's just, I bet that's got to be an amazing feeling to give an autograph to somebody. I mean, to, you know, these kids think, like you said, you know, they think you're just the world of you. And that's just amazing. That's amazing to, you know, have that, have that moment. Um, so we're heading to the last um, question here. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that have supported you, you know, through your college career, um, you know, through your junior career even, and then also, you know, in your professional career that which you're pursuing, um, you know, but is there somebody that's really inspired you to be the person slash golfer you are today? I would say my coaches at Duke and my teammates. Uh, and that's simply because like, I've always had that competitive fire. Um, Mm -hmm. I I've always wanted to win so badly. And 
sometimes, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Um, sometimes if you get a little too carried away with it, uh, it can actually be an obstacle for you. Mm -hmm. And I would say when I went into college, that was the number one thing that I had to deal with was like, my expectations were through the roof, but not my scores. And I was like having an existential crisis. I was like, this is not what I was expecting when I first came into college. And just hearing a lot of good insight from my coaches and from my teammates, um, because my coaches, my coaches told me like, you know, you're not the only one, don't worry. Like it's a very common thing. And I think you should be happy by the fact that you acknowledge yourself as a good enough golfer to be feeling this way because Leona McGuire felt it, mm -hmm. Lindy Duncan felt it. Um, and, and, um, Brittany Lang felt it like, and, and they're all out on tour and, mm -hmm. you know, so it's, it's not unusual. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't call this unusual and just hearing good perspective, like good insight and having a good perspective from them and just hearing them say like, we trust you and we know you're going to do well, no matter what we like, regardless whether it takes two or three years, we don't care. We know it's going to work out for you. Luckily, it worked out quicker than that, but um, just hearing that they trusted me and knowing that, you know, they uh, respected how I played my game and how I went about things, uh, you know, it, it made a huge impact on me. Absolutely. You know, and it's great to have, you know, to have those people that, you know, believe in you, because, I mean, I feel that's something you really need to have in the game of golf. Um, and, you know, it's just really exciting to have, you know, your family and the people at your university as well that, you know, your Duke family and everybody's going to be behind you no matter what, you know, which path you go, you know, the remaining, the remainder of your life. But, um, you know, just always knowing that they're going to be there to support you, um, you know, whenever you're playing golf and um, they're always got your back. So that, that's just amazing stuff. You always, it's always nice to give some credit to the people that have kind of helped you along the way. And, um, you know, I was just really excited to see what you're going to be doing in your future. It's really exciting stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do enjoy talking about this kind of stuff anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, that'll wrap up this week's episode of Scrambling with Donato featuring Gina Kim. Gina, thank you so much for coming on. Um, like I said, you know, I just wish you nothing but the best in just your future and really excited for you to get out there and just, you know, get after the pro, you know, professional golf life. And, um, you know, just really excited to see how you go. And, you know, we'll see you on TV someday. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I, I really do appreciate uh, being able to have the opportunity to come out and talk a bit. So uh, thank you. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Scrambling with Dylan Otto. Just want to let you guys know I create an Instagram for the podcast called Scrambling Podcast. You can head over there, follow for updates on the episodes, as well as material that I'll be talking about in the episodes, like videos or photos. So you can check them out there and get a little more insight on the episodes. Thanks again for listening and have a good one.